Hi everyone, welcome to Potluck Food Talks. Today we're going to talk about TV chefs. Do you have any favorite TV chefs? I got a few. But let's talk only about like, you know, like cook shows, not about, you know, like documentaries, travel and these things like where, where the chef is actually cooking like, like a TV chef, you know, like. Like actually cooking. Exactly. Hmm. For instance, Bourdain wouldn't qualify for this episode. No, Bourdain wasn't a chef. He deserves his own episode. <laughs> um, yeah, so one of my favorite TV chefs is Margot P. White. Seriously? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But... He's just, he's just legendary, man. But you're talking about his no cooking. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about his early work, man. When he was still at Harvey's, when he was still a young, a young gun. Um, that's... Docu- that like TV show, um, Marco. Yeah, yeah, that was also like one of my favorites. <sighs> so, that's <good. laughs> so good, man. Like the the whole show, like his attitude, like the, the way that he cooks, the like beat up kitchen, like it's I love it, man. Yeah, absolutely man. love it. I also love his books, like this autobiographical mm. books, like White Slave, Super Nice Pictures, Devil in the Kitchen, White Heat. Yeah. White Heat as well. Yeah, you know, it's like he's so... This is just like so no bullshit. There's so many legendary moments in that TV show, you know, where he... I, yeah, the one where, where he's cutting like mushrooms, like... And she's like, if, if, if you're not gonna... If you're only gonna answer yes or no to my questions, then there's no point in doing it. And he's like, all right, there's the door. And she's like, no, 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 no. He's like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm just, I'm just paid to cut the mushrooms. You know, she's like, no, Marco, no, that's not what I meant. And he was like, do you want me to cut myself? Is that, is that what you want me to do? If you want me to cut myself, I'll cut myself. Yeah, then it was like, at some point, he does like, to her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes like, he's like, you want me to cut myself, I'll cut myself. You want me to chop the mushrooms, I'll chop the mushrooms. You want me to make the sauce, I'll make the sauce. But never expect me to sell my heart. Rebel, 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 rebel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that. <laughs> Amazing episode. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, so funny. I also love how he goes to the fishmonger. And these like young fishmongers, you know, like 80s long hair. And they're sort of like, yeah, it's, it's very difficult to work with Marco. Very difficult. Yeah, but he's he's very demanding. But, you know, he's lovely, really. And then Marco comes into the fish shop and he's got this like attitude. And he's like, mm, beautiful, beautiful bass, beautiful turbots. <laughs> What's this? What's the swordfish? Oh, yeah, very nice. Yeah, it's really, really nice fish today. And the guy's like, yeah, thank you, Marco. Thank you. And he's like, why is it always like this? And the guy's like, it is, Marco. It's always like this. <laughs> then there were also his young chefs talking about him. And they're like super respectful. Like, you know, like yeah. he will demand so much from us, but it's never not for a reason and blah, blah, blah. And then you also yeah. get to see young Gordon Ramsay. In that kitchen, yeah. working in some episodes, also like making pasta as a young. Yeah, before his facelift. Yep. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, Marco was his sous chef, I think, no? And um, it's it's uh, cool to see. Well, for me, that's not even a cook show. For me, that's also like a documentary of, of a restaurant. Yeah. But like TV, TV chefs, I don't know, like, like most most of my TV chefs, I there was this channel in Latin America called El Gourmet. Mm-hmm. So there, there were plenty of chefs I would watch there. There, there was this Japanese called Iwao Komiyama, mm-hmm. which was super funny because he would speak Spanish, super, you know, like Japanese sushi chef. 
and with speak Spanish with this super strong Argentinian accent. <laughs> so, oh, really? Yeah. And he was like <laughs> making sushi, but really nice execution and everything. It was super nice to watch. Yeah. And also I would say there was this Basque chef that lived in Mexico for a long while, Bruno Teisa. Yeah. And he would do like also you know, like TV, TV cooking, like having like a yeah. TV set where he would do recipes. And I think that was also pretty cool. That's nice. I mean, as far as TV chefs goes, you know, it, it, like there's lots from the UK. The UK has lots of really good cooking shows. Two Fat Ladies. You ever saw those one? <laughs> I have seen that one. <laughs> that one's very funny, but like I, I wouldn't count them as chefs. They're too Two fat ladies cooking, you know, but like... Butter lovers. There was always so much butter in <laughs> those episodes. Yeah, I feel like they're like a little... Um, they're kind of like a Julia Child sort of thing, you know? I mean, Julia Child was also like... Fuck, I, I looked at some of her recipes lately, actually. And um, the amount of butter she used. But it's not just like, you know, hey, we, we like to use butter in a restaurants, you know? But that's ex excessive. Nobody uses butter like that. It's like... Base it in butter, then pour some butter on it and finish it. And, it. and one recipe, it said sort of like, you might want to serve a sauce with this dish, such as melted butter. <laughs> and I was like, that is not a sauce. Melted butter is not a sauce. But you also have to think she, I mean, that, that woman died in the 80s, if I'm not wrong. You know, like those are like super old recipes. And she was American. So, you know, there's, there's that. <laughs> Well, we have to talk about Jamie Oliver. What, what are your opinions on Jamie Oliver? <laughs> I I grew up with Jamie, so he's got a soft spot in my heart, especially when he started the show in his like fancy countryside home where he had the garden. Yeah, I mean, it, it was like a milestone in the TV show's history, I would say. Yeah, and it was very nice. And he cooked nice food. I think in recent years, he's he's gone a bit bananas, you know, like I, I grew up and I started cooking with Jamie Oliver, you know, I had his cookbooks as a child, you know, as like a, like when I was like 10 and would cook recipes out of it. So, you know, he was a part of the, you know, what got me cooking, but not so much anymore. Like the stuff that I see from him nowadays is very, a little bit too much showmanship, too much this, that, blah, too much selling his own persona. And I mean, at some point he was on the top 10 chefs, uh, the richest Chefs in the world, I'm not wrong. Well, I'm not surprised. And he he built the whole thing from television, you know, like. Yes. Well, I, I think an important name to mention also is Carlos Aguignano. I don't know who that is. Really? Well, he, he was part of the new Basque cuisine. And at some point he had a Michelin star. And he gave up his star to become uh, a TV chef. I think I know who you mean. You always wear a talk and stuff. Is that him? And sings and yeah, and like, yeah, he's quite a- Like a real character, right? Quite a character. Yeah, I think I know who you mean. And he's he's an icon here in Spain. Like he has yeah. still his restaurant here in Sarauts and people go there just to take pictures of a statue of him, that level of, of icon I'm talking about. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Well, what, what I respect about him, I respect many things about, about him. Like he's been on air for the last- maybe 40 years on primetime. Like, everybody loves him. I've never heard someone, well, people make jokes that, ah, you're you're using parsley <laughs> as a decor, like Arguignano, because he always, whatever he does, he ends up with parsley on top. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> 
Or you, you start every recipe with onions, like Arguignano and this kind of thing. But I also heard, like, this is something everybody tells me, like, Arguignano's recipes always work. If you go to his website and you want to find, like, a classic Spanish things and you use his recipes, they always work. I'm pretty sure he has, like, a team of, of recipe testers that develop those recipes. But at the end of the day, is his brand, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's cool. That's rare also. Because... A lot of people at home might not know this, but recipes usually are bullshit because they're not tested properly. Like writing a, a proper recipe is not that easy and it takes a little bit of work. And so a lot of times when people have to make a lot of recipes, they they bullshit a little. One person who I also really like is Nigella Lawson, you know, the domestic goddess. But um, as successful as she is, you know, I think the food that she makes is super nice and her recipes work most of the time also. And it's just like this right level of like homey cooking with like, um, you know, interesting aspects of it. And um, I think it's super cool. Others, you know, Gaston Acurio. I first met Gaston Acurio's from his cooking shows on uh, this channel I mentioned. Yeah. You know, now he's so much more than a TV chef. But that's when I first saw him, I, I thought like, okay, this is like, a, or probably he was already before. He was already a, a restaurant chef. Yeah, I mean, he's a chef chef, right? Like, I mean, he's a real chef who's also on TV. And that's actually quite rare. Exactly. Yeah. Like like uh, Raymond Blanc, for example, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. He, he he had this TV show. Of, oh, he does he does a lot of TV. Ah, uh, he does a lot. Of, still today, right? Yeah, I've, not, I've never yeah. been into British TV, so I'm not, not so much into it. Yeah, he does a lot of TV, but, you know, he's a real chef. And um, apart from that... Like a um, world-class historic chef. For sure, yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, and his restaurant, Le Manoir, iconic, you know, still to this day. And uh, a great character. And I also really love the way that he cooks, you know. It's uh, it's just fun watching him. And you can really, there's the one person that you can really learn something when you watch it. Like even me as a chef, I really enjoy watching his show, you know. And it's like, I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, you know, like taking notes. But like you see like little bits and bobs and you're like, oh, that's quite nice. It's quite nice how he does that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. When you see a chef, chef, and you see him working and you see him doing things that you, you didn't saw before. I remember the first time I saw Tim Melza. Tim Melza, I would describe him like, like a, as a somebody who wanted to um, replicate the formula of Jamie Oliver for the German market. Yes, 100%. So he kind of like tried to, you know, use the same aesthetic and the same tone and, you know, and make it German. Yeah, everything basically. I remember I was like somewhere in Spain. It was not in Germany. And there was this German channel and he was cooking. And I saw him doing like a, a Hollandaise the way you would do a mayo with a, you know, with a mixer. And I never saw that before. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, like uh, I never saw that before. That's a, And uh, then I never followed him. But, but he has both lots of haters and lovers in Germany, if I'm not wrong. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On which side are you, Phil? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> on the lover side, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. I have to say, I don't think that I know enough about him to really justify the dislike that I feel for him. Um, I I don't know. Like everything that I've seen from him is just very, just very filthy. It's just like you know. You know, Jamie, Jamie Oliver is also like a, like a bit of a messy guy. Jamie comes from like a very good 
restaurant trajectory. You know, he was cooking at um, the River Cafe in London, which is a very amazing restaurant still to this day. It was super pure Italian style food, you know, uh, ingredients and just like good technique and no bullshit. And blah. I think you can really see that in his cooking. And Tim Melzer, you know, it was like, Whenever I saw him, he did things where I was just like, man, why? You know, like dirty little tricks and stuff. And just sort of, you know, saying nonsense, sort of like, if you don't have, you don't have this, just use this. And just like, you know, if you don't have. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get that. If, if you don't have onions, use garlic. <laughs> yeah, it was stuff like that. But also just kind of like, well, if you don't have. Uh, if you don't have lemon juice, just use the pickle liquid of these tinned onions and stuff like that. And that's like, I don't know. And it's like, that's fine. But it was just this kind of like, it was very messy and just like, almost like a, like hobo cooking, you know? I remember that there was a, a, a chef in Venezuela that was really hated because this guy was really like a, a TV product. I don't remember his name, but he had like this... You know, Emeril, right? The American, he would always do like, bam, you know, like this sound when he would throw something like, em Emeril is a cool TV chef, I have to say. Yeah. But this guy would, would imitate him and he would always say, verde, que te quiero verde. He would scream <laughs> 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 when he was throwing parsley to the food. And, and it was like a, a TV product without culinary background and cooking shit with yeah. lots of audience and people following him, you know, and using stock cubes for everything and... Yes. Ah, that guy really annoyed me, man. And everybody in the culinary scene, I remember. Yeah, it's like, that. that's the thing, no? It's kind of like, well, TV chefs who are not chefs. Oh my God, that just brings me to a point where I, that, which really annoyed me the other day. It was like, I don't know if you ever followed the YouTube channel of um, Bon Appetit, the YouTube channel. Ah, yeah, sure. Fuck me. Right. They produce some good stuff like Brad Leone. I love Brad Leone. If you haven't uh, seen, you know, his stuff, absolutely amazing. Also, when Claire was on there doing her pastry shenanigans, absolutely amazing content. But they have this series where they're like pro chefs react to cooking scenes in Hollywood movies. And it's like and you, they talk about it and you're like calling yourself a pro chef is a bit of a stretch, mate. You know, because they spurt out these opinions that, you know, as if they're the like professional expert where me as an actual professional expert, you know, just listens to that. I'm sort of like, that is just not true. You know, that is just absolute bullshit. What you just said. Yeah. There's so much bullshit around food. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I hate that when there's like TV personalities making these statements and everybody's like, Oh yeah, they're on TV and they're cooking. So they must be a professional. It's like, no, no, there's, there's a big difference between somebody just making him throwing some parsley on something, like you said, or somebody who actually knows what they're doing. Yeah, the, the same way you mentioned that Jamie Oliver got you into cooking. I wouldn't say he got me into cooking, but he got me into getting interested in professional cooking uh, was Sumito Estevez. He's a, a, also a Venezuelan TV chef, but he became like really big in Latin America through this yeah. channel. But was for me, it was also nice to him because he was like a, a Venezuelan making it. And his shows, like he would cook like you know, like demi glasses live on real time and this kind of thing. And this were actually the first time I saw this kind of techniques. It was the first time I saw someone making an espuma and putting it in a siphon and these kind of things. Yeah. And I actually ended up going to his culinary school, which is where I studied. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, it's difficult, you know, it's like, uh, there's a lot of bullshit content out there. 
you know, but there are people who do good stuff. Hey, you know, like, I mean, if we talk about TV chefs and we've just kind of crossed over into the YouTube territory, you know who I used to dislike and now I really love? David de Jorge. I don't know who that is. No? Robin Food? Fuck. David de Jorge. Let me see. Oh, no, I don't know who that is. No, really? Okay. No, I don't want to talk about him because I will only say bad things about him. <laughs> We can leave this out. <laughs> no, but you know who I really love? Maddie Matheson. Uh, I haven't seen. What? The thing is, I haven't seen, I haven't seen cook shows like since I started cooking. You know, when I started cooking, <laughs> I just see fragments, you know, but not like, like a follower or something. No, man. Maddie is, Maddie is so cool because I mean, he is like himself. He's like this persona that he's created and is very loud, very colorful. And, you know, it's very entertaining to watch, but at the same time, it's like, it's not my style of food at all, you know, because it's like, it's very full on, but man, he like, he cooks really good. Like he cooks really well. And I, um, looked at his cookbook. The last one he brought out was like home cooking with Maddie or something like that. Something, some stupid title. And it's just like good food in there, you know, the kind of stuff where I'm sort of like, man, I would make that at home, you know, and that's, that's rare. I think that's rare. Another one that I really liked was uh, an Argentinian called Gato Dumas. Uh -huh. He was like, you know, like a super classic Argentinian chef from, from the 80s. He already died, but you know, this typical like fat old guy with a glass of wine in his hand. He was drinking uh, <laughs> during the episodes <laughs> and doing super traditional yeah. food with this strong Argentinian personality, you know, it was super fun to watch. That's nice. Kind of like uh, Caluccio, you know Caluccio? No. The Italian? No, he was also like this kind of like a little bit corpulent Italian guy, like gray hair with a walking stick and, you know, like going foraging for mushrooms and stuff like that. You know who I really liked? Uh, Wolfgang Puck. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This guy with the Arnold Schwarzenegger accent, you know, cooking. <laughs> And I, I think his cooking is quite nice. What he does, I, I like it. I see for, for me, he's a chef chef, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's incredibly successful. I mean, he's he must be one of the richest chefs in the world, for sure. At some point, he was number one. I, I, I'm, I think he's not anymore. Yeah, I mean, he's a chef for the Oscars and stuff like that. You know, like it's... Um, I mean, he's, he's very, very successful. Yeah, and he has also this strong charisma, you know, like... <laughs> such a yeah, power. I mean, he's a bit of a dick, right? <laughs> but, but what can you say? And, and that's also a guy that I have tried his recipes a few times, and they always like super nice recipes. What about Jose Andres, man? Jose Andres was a TV chef at the beginning. Now he's so much bigger than that. But he started... Okay, he was many other things, but here in Spain, he made his name... Because, you know, he was like just like a chef at El Bulli. Then he went to Washington. He was someone in Washington, but no one, nobody in Spain until he started like a TV show in Spanish for Spanish television. Yeah. And like when I was, when I first came to Spain around 2005, it was the TV show about food. Yeah. And you can still find the episodes on YouTube, but it's super nice. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Jose Andres. There's things that I like about him. There's things that I like, dislike about him as in like dislike in the fact that I don't need to watch too much of it. You know, he gets, he gets very tiring very quickly. I think <laughs> with the strawberry, have you ever peeled a strawberry? <laughs> If you take it, a peel the strawberry and you put it in your mouth, <laughs> it's like making love to the most beautiful woman. <laughs> Something like that, no? <laughs> Who peels a strawberry? No. 
No, Jose. What about your friend David Chang? Mm. So David Chang, he's made some of the coolest content, I think, especially like back in the day with The Mind of a Chef and stuff. The Mind of a Chef is still today, I would say, my favorite cook show. It was amazing. Yeah, it Absolutely was super amazing. nice, especially the first seasons. After that, it became boring. Yeah. As a chef, I don't like David Chang so much. Um, I think it's very, very messy and just like obscene cooking. He does a lot of things that are really cool, you know, and he's done a lot of things that are really cool. But like when I see him on a TV show and he like fries some like store-bought fucking Krispy Kreme donuts, puts some store-made ice cream on it, you know, and everybody, and people are eating it like, wow, this is, this is crazy. <laughs> You're a genius. <laughs> you went to the supermarket, you bought a donut and you put some ice cream from the supermarket on the donut. It's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? You know, like, <laughs> what is going on here? It's ridiculous. Uh, and that I don't like, you know, it's this like this consumerism, nothing is enough. Then just like more and more and more and take a burger and put on some caviar. This, it's just obscene, you know? Um, and that part I don't like, but he's paved the way for a style of restaurants in the, in, in the modern like landscape. And a style of cooking also. And that's, you know, nobody can take that away from him. You know, he was one of the most, by far one of the most influential chefs of all time. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You know, who's really cool and who I would like to see have a comeback? Jacques Pepin. Jacques Pepin. Yeah. Uh, I remember, well, we can't tell this story. Like, do you remember our omelette adventure? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know how many omelettes we made. <laughs> so Phil and I, We were like, we don't know how to cook omelets. Okay, why don't we buy 70 eggs <laughs> and just cook as many omelets until we get them right? You know, like, and we did. Ah, oh, man, I remember it was so disgusting at some point. Uh, like, I, I couldn't eat egg for weeks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a lot of egg. That's It's an unhealthy amount of egg. And I think it's crazy that we did that. We for, Like, now thinking back to it, it was the most normal thing for us. We we're like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're gonna buy 70 eggs and we're just gonna make omelette after omelette after omelette. But I remember the the best reference for that omelette thing was Jack's Pepin omelette video. Yes. He actually he actually explains how to hold the pan to flip the omelette directly on the plate, which was quite useful. Actually, still today, if I see someone doing that, I know he knows. You know, like this guy is not just cooking an omelette, he knows. He knows. He's one of us. One of us. One of us. His name was Peter Paulson. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but uh, these sorts of things, you know, they're like, I, I don't know about you, the hundreds and hundreds of chefs that I've worked with, right? There is only a handful who can cook an omelette properly. And that's pretty depressing. And... Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just something that you should be able to do. And you know what? Like the other day I made an omelet. I don't ever make omelets, you know, ever, unless I want to show off and, you know, be like a cool, cool chef guy and make like a nice omelet. And my omelets are far from perfect. You know, I'm not, I, I don't make great omelets, but I can make an omelet that passes as an omelet. What's a nice omelet for you? For me, a nice omelet is like a perfect zeppelin, which is cooked on the outside and liquid 
on the inside. For me, that's like a three-star yeah. omelette, like a super, like the ones this Japanese guy does, that then he opens it with a knife and uh, you know what I mean? Like on a on, yeah, yeah, for sure. on top of a, a rice. I wouldn't say liquid. Creamy, creamy. I think some people take it too far. Okay, agree, agree. But for sure creamy. And if you get really into the into the details of it, the size of the curd that's inside of the thing. This, if you're too lazy with your stirring, the curd's going to be too big. <laughs> but if you're too aggressive, it's like scrambled egg inside, and that's not cool either. You know, you have to have the right. It's it's a that's the thing about the omelet. You have to control your heat. You have to control your movement. You have to you have seconds of it needs to be decisive action taken. Right. And you have to be so there. The philosophy, the, yeah, the philosophy of an omelet, you know, um, uh, it's, it's deep. Um, <laughs> and the other day I really felt like just eating like a simple breakfast. And I was like, I'm going to make an omelet. I made a three egg omelet with nothing, no cream, no nothing, just eggs and butter and salt. And it came out pretty nice. Um, and I ate it. I sat down and I ate it and it was just a quick breakfast for me, but it turned out really good. And I was like, man, when an omelet is made nicely, it's fucking delicious. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, tasty. Yeah. Like, this is a perfect texture on the inside. And I was really sort of, like, reminded of the impact of the base technique executed properly is far superior than most extra little bits that you can do. That's it for this week's episode of Potluck Food Talks. If you like what we're doing, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok as Potluck Food Talks. The show airs every Monday.